0: So, August, a very average month. What's going on? Interest rate headwinds that are affecting our marketplace. Yes, and we've seen a continuation of the 5 million plus category being the driving force. We're seeing more activity there. So let's take a deeper look. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Talk NYC real estate podcast with John and Jonathan, my co-host... My friend, my oh, partner. Thank you. Mr. Gastaska, how are you, sir? I'm great. It's good to have you back.
1: So what are we going to talk about? Uh, August stats, right?
0: August stats this month. The word is average, which many times is not the most you know, welcome word for sure. describing things, but I'll tell you in our market, it's not so bad. No. Because average doesn't give us a whole lot to go off of. What do you see happening in this market? With mortgage rates
1: now over 7%, we are definitely feeling headwinds in the marketplace in Manhattan. Sales over $5 million are actually driving our market, and under $5 million, I would even venture to say the bulk under $2 million, are lagging the marketplace because of the increase in interest rates. On the flip side, we're not seeing a dramatic increase in our inventory, obviously because people who are paying in the two and 3% interest rate with their loans at two and 3% where are they going to go so that's the big quandary so people are not moving unless they have to move so that is what we're finding and i do believe that with the fed now increasing a quarter point in july we're now leveling off almost to the point where the fed is not going to continue to interest uh, to um, increase well they did say the other day that there's probably
0: one more maybe increase one more down increase down but
1: pipeline, we're but- almost to the end of the Tightening with the economy Seems starting the to slow. Yeah, yes. it's starting to slow. And then interest rates, our hope is that they will level off and then ultimately yeah. by mid to late part of next year start and to they, uh, decrease. Yeah,
0: the interest rate talk here is always interesting because there's so much money here. You think, oh, well, yeah, but if the ultra wealthy really want to buy or sell something, they can do it. They can do it. They can. They don't need to take financing. They don't need to blah, blah, blah. What I always tell people, well, we always tell people, yeah, but it affects the psychology across the board of the market. And buyers will use whatever they can when it comes to negotiating and That's say, correct. well, interest rates are twice what they were. So, you know, there needs to be more room on the seller side, et cetera doesn't mean that it doesn't affect people's budget. Some people, and I think that's why the disparity between the upper end being the driving force in our market is because people can, they have the financial capability to just not think too much about the nitty gritty. They just want what they want and they have the money to buy it. But when you get to the sub $2 million price point, even though it's still a tremendous amount of money and you have to be very financially you know, well off in order to buy any apartment in the city, there's a bigger effect there. Definitely. than if you're somebody buying a five, seven, 10 million, $20 million apartment, it's probably a tenth of their portfolio uh, to a quarter of their, you know, it's it's usually not that percentage of their portfolio, overall financial portfolio goes down. They've got a, a lot more uh, capabilities when it comes to deploying their money, et cetera. Right. So, to make up for it, but it doesn't mean that it's not used in a negotiation, definitely. So, yes, in reality, somebody buying a 10 million dollar apartment can they afford to pay 10,000 a month instead of 7,000 a month on financing or whatever 20,000 versus 15, whatever the numbers are? Yeah, they can, but that doesn't mean that they want to, and it doesn't mean they're not going to use that to their advantage when they're in a negotiation, right? Right? So, right. but you're right, those lifestyle changes, the deaths, the divorces, the relocations it has to it most in most cases and we see this with our own listings and such it, something has to be involved there that is a real driving factor because you have those double interest rates from where we were before correct what's interesting we had a conversation with one of our contacts at TD Bank uh, which uh, another one at and, Wells Fargo. and another at Wells Fargo and both of those bankers are of the similar mindset of interest rates, hopefully leveling off and perhaps turning by the middle of next year. Another very interesting point is we talked to them about uh, adjustable rate mortgages. So it's been very commonplace and very popular here to do an adjustable rate mortgage. So most commonly a seven one arm. So your interest rates locked in at a very low place for seven years. And then at the seven year mark, it becomes adjustable. It adjusts every year, hence the seven slash one. What's interesting is all that business, you go rewind the clock seven years ago, uh, you're year in 2016, 17, which was the height of the market. So tons of business being done, tons of loans being taken, a lot of them being arms, a lot of them being seven one arms what happens as those come due and those become adjustable rate mortgages so one of the factors I think we will certainly see come into play to drive some business being done um, and some trades being done because some of these banks they can adjust as much as five percent the first year mm, that's, um, the, yeah, that's high some only you know two percent or something and then it's lower after that but, You have a 3% locked in and now all of a sudden it's 8% uh, or whatever the prevailing rate is at at that given moment, 7 or whatever. It it takes away that barrier to like, okay, well, now we're not trading out interest rates. We're going to be at the same. We might as well lock ourselves into... Something else, and, mm-hmm. and make the move. So I right. think that will help drive us in the in the spring here. So interest rates always interesting to talk about and think through. Of course, there's so many other factors that it's hard to know it, what we what we've talked about many times in our in our monthlies is that we need them to just sort of stabilize and st- stop going this way. We That's need correct. A, we need them to you know, and, for, and go down.
1: Well, since we've <laughs> we've done our podcast, we've really you know, interest rates were really on the back burner, you know, at two and 3%. And I think everybody got very, very, very complacent with um, low, low, low interest rates. And then COVID hit and everybody, everybody just, the real estate market just blew up. People leaving big cities and then coming back to the big cities and needing bigger houses and all sorts of moving in the marketplace. And yeah. then a bottleneck of the supply happened, and it remains that way. Why don't we dive right into the contract signs for August?
0: Now to get to the statistics.
1: Now to get to John the John loves his numbers. Right. So we saw 867 contracts signed in August, slightly up 7% month over month, and down slightly year over year by 5%. We saw actually an increase in co-op sales versus condo sales for the month but this is the most important factor and it's what you talked about in the intro which was sales over 5 million dollars rose 9% year over year sales under 5 million dollars fell 6% year over year yeah so the interest rates are having bearing on our on our marketplace and then the new development corridor the high end real estate on billionaires row is really pushing uh, over the five million dollar mark and they're making deals on the on the bigger apartments yeah
0: well that's what we're seeing the the new developments which are all condominiums are negotiating correct and 49
1: deals over five million
0: hard to pick a trend out of that just because we're not talking about a tremendous amount of transactions north of five million but it's been a consistency. Um, where we've seen that upper end, the north of 5 million, kind of continuing to do strong. So it is, so it is, even though we're not talking about a huge number of transactions relative to the size of our market and total number of transactions done, it still is showing that it's still moving. Correct. Um, so. And one thing that,
1: I mean, it, it just might be reminiscent in my brain right now as you're saying this, but in 2020 we saw the higher end of the market moving now the rates were very very low at that point yeah but to your earlier point about the adjustable rate mortgages coming due that could have bearing that could have a positive effect on the lower end of the market
0: so inventory is interesting this month we have returned to a bit of normalcy we're almost exactly what what the 10 year average it typically is in august that we track so we're at 6226 so it's uh, we're, we do have a little bit of a shortage. We expect that that will balloon in September. It always does as we get into the fall season post Labor Day. We'll see if it's enough. Uh, what happens there? We certainly feel it. We've put a lot of things on the market. We yes. have a few other things still, you know, trying to get ready. Going back to my earlier point about life changes, we have a lot of estates and stuff that we're working cool. on, and and those tend to take a little bit more to get them ready to come to market and such if we have uh, sellers that are working with us. So we felt it ourselves, I think, from talking to all the brokers that we do talk to, we hear the same. They're putting on things. They're, you know, uh, a lot of brokers struggling these days. It's, it's been a tough market, but return. So a return to normalcy will be good. We will see how this this fall season turns out. You know, people ask us all the time, "Well, what do you feel about this?" And, they, and in three months, I'll tell you how the fall season was. You right. know, it's right. it's tough to say. We have a lot of push and pulls that we'll continue to talk about as the month, as the year goes on here.
1: Definitely, and I think that. We, we will really have to look at those inventory numbers in September, I think, because what we've seen is a peak so far of inventory at a little over 7,800 units in April coming into May, and then continual decrease of inventory over the summer months, which is good, whether people have taken the apartments off the market and the the inventory being absorbed. But at 62.26, that is not a lot of units on the market no. in Manhattan I don't think. No. And I think that we so glut. we're seeing we're seeing a shortage a bit in specific areas, some significant downtown real estate that is beautifully renovated going to contract yeah. and there's attention being given to that to those kinds of apartments. Or even the smaller apartments that are completely renovated yeah. are seeing more attention. But on the list side of things, why are my apartments not selling? And yeah. in most instances, we have we have a disconnect. We have a buyer pool that's nervous, and they're not going to pull the trigger like they would in 2021, jumping into the real estate. And so we have to counsel the sellers. In some instances, it's price. Other things, apartments which need work are taking longer to sell.
0: They always well, which have. is always the case. And that that particular. Piece of our market always gets hit the hardest, in my opinion. You know, so now, okay, interest rates, that's an issue. But what does that lead to when you talk about an apartment that needs a lot of work is, okay, now not only are my monthly costs higher to finance this, um, but now I have to pay that monthly higher amount Until, while I renovate right, it and don't right. even get use of it. So it's like the trickle down effect to those estates that need full gut renovations or apartments that need full gut renovations. We have uh, a few of those in our in our stable here, but, but they're really good apartments. And that's like correct. you said, it, that's where people can come out if they have the team put in place. Go find yourself because a lot of these apartments out there need a lot of work. There's a lot of value in buying the fixer upper. Yeah, there is. You can not only get what you want if you have the patience, but also um, you can get a, a you know a good deal. So speaking to those apartments that need a lot of work, what that tells us is a, as a guidance for somebody that has an apartment that hasn't been renovated for 30 years and they're selling it, whether it's an estate, whether it's their own personal property or whatever, and they're downsizing, et cetera, is please take the guidance of your agent. Yeah. Like clean that apartment up. Put some money into it. Do not renovate the kitchen and bathrooms. Correct. That's we always say. That's that's you're you're rolling the dice too big there because somebody coming in will probably want to do some do their own thing, etc. But painting the apartment, cleaning it up, removing carpeting, and we're in the midst of doing this and have done it a lot over the mm-hmm. last year. We have. Yeah. In some regards, we feel like yeah. contractors, <laughs> you know, or or project managers when sure. it comes to that. But I pride myself, as I know you do, I pride our team on being able to see, okay, here's the project. How can we make it as appealing as possible? Correct. It does not mean that the apartment's going to fly off the shelves. Because you have all yeah. the extenuating circumstances, but it's about removing as many challenges as you can. So our
1: last but not least would be days on market. Uh, Days on market during August was 134 uh, versus 136. Again, just down slightly month over month, but up 28% year over year. And I think that obviously transactions were a little bit more fluid last year with lower interest rates that's what i'm attributing the increase in the days on market but it also could be seasonality
0: well yeah it's it's tough to dive in on days of market at this point because there's so many different factors but remember we have about a 90-day transaction period we were so busy through 2021 which means a lot of those deals closed in early 22. but the ones that aren't selling i would i would kick it back to a lot of apartments out there and we've experienced this are just Uh, They're taking longer to sell. There's a lot out there that need work because it's a life change. Usually, when people decide to sell, like a lot of estates and such, those don't get locked in until they go to contract. The days on market statistics. So, I just think it's less people getting. You know, inventory's been low getting their apartments out there, and then just being out there for too long. But the point is, is it's taken a good a, a good clip of time for people to sell apartments. Definitely
1: over four months, four to yeah. six months out, you know? So, so it's, it's not, and I think this is extremely important, not only for our clients, but also anybody listening to the podcast who is selling an apartment in New York City. All right? Ooh, I'm intrigued now. Do not be unnerved with an initial launch of the apartment that is, you know, that does not garner three offers in the first oh, week yeah. of selling. Yeah. We are not Those in the country. Gone. Those days are gone. Yeah. And even I mean, they apartments, might be back next
0: month. But yeah, you know, they gone might be,
1: but now. but we are not in the suburbs of Connecticut or in New Jersey or in upstate New York, where there's low inventory and you have five and they, offers and you got 100 to bid a hundred to a hundred and fifty two hundred thousand above the asking price.
0: This is New York City and we just don't operate like that. Throughout the course of both of our careers, you know, the last twenty years, let's just say, to have a lackluster response relative to the, the frenetic markets that we've been through, we're we're in a time where it's like, okay, you got to get it out there. Maybe you'll have five showings in the first week.
1: That's correct. That, okay, that's, that's, that's pretty good. good. Versus That's pretty good. Versus when we started together and we'd have 20 to 30 people at our open houses. Oh God,
0: line out the door. Gone
1: are those days. <laughs> yeah. Nevertheless, but it only takes one party. And yeah. in, we're finding over the past few years, Usually, there's one party for each of the apartments. You yeah. see, and the sellers must take attention, make uh, t- take note of that. That if they do receive an offer, albeit it may be lower than where they you are, got Conceiving, you have to engage. Yeah. All right, I think we covered the August stats. It's fabulous to have you back. I feel like a complete person now. So with that, be healthy, safe, and most of all, oh by the way, thank you okay. for watching and thanks for listening. There right? you go. Healthy, safe, and
0: what? Remain in gratitude. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching or listening to the Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, gestaskaconlandteam.com, or you can find us on all social media with the handle at If this show was helpful, entertaining, or informative, consider telling friends and family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.